Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. We have more all-season chatter for you as the NHL playoffs continue in the Final Four. Joe, as we know, the trade route can be a very attractive avenue for the Flyers to get better this all-season. With the flat cap, um, that's just a very good avenue for the Flyers to possibly get better substantially on defense or wherever they think they need to get better. And right now, there's a lot of buzz about the trade route because Elliot Freeman of Sportsnet reported that the Carolina Hurricanes have given Dougie Hamilton and his agent, J.P. Barry, permission to talk to other NHL teams before free agency. So Freeman explains how that could open up the possibility of a sign-in trade. Uh, as we know, Dougie Hamilton is a ready-shot defenseman and widely considered the top defenseman ready to hit the free agent market. Uh, so a lot of Flyers fans are abuzz about Dougie Hamilton. He would be a phenomenal addition for the team. Really good defenseman, uh, considered one of the best on the market, if not the best. And this would be another route for the Flyers to possibly acquire him if, uh, the, if Carolina is giving permission to Hamilton to talk to other teams even before free agency, which could set up a potential signing trade. So given that the team uh, is going to look at the trade route to get better this all season, Let's look at some p- possible untouchables for the Flyers. I think a lot of people believe everyone should be on the table, uh, given the team had such a disappointing season in 2020-21, and they really need to get back to contending next year. But, Joe, there are some untouchables, I would argue. Let's start with your third most untouchable on the Flyers roster or within the organization, period. Who is it for you? Uh, I'm going to say Cam York. I know we have a real small sample size, but here's the thing. The focus here is on defense, right? We're talking about defensemen. We're talking about last week we t- or earlier this week, we talked about Seth Jones. We're talking about Dougie Hamilton. We mentioned some other guys, Alex Goligosky and so forth. So if you're trading your young former first round pick, I, I don't really think you're, uh, you could really be doing, I'm, you're not making an even swap by any stretch of the imagination that is not what I'm saying but what I am saying is why would you trade maybe your the, the prospect on defense that you're most excited about to get a number one defenseman because all you're doing is weakening the lower rungs on the ladder and I think everyone that watched this team play last season would agree that what the what the breakdowns on defense that happened with this team they weren't uh, specified to one player or one pair. They were up and down the lineup. These defensive breakdowns were a mess. So I don't think you can take away from your defense core to add to your defense core because while you might be getting a better player in, in a Dougie Hamilton or whoever the case may be, what happens when Dougie Hamilton's pair is not on the ice? And, you know, th- that's, I think that's a lot of times what happens with teams that end up with sort of these bust type moves is they don't look at the bigger picture. They look at the flashy name. Um, You know, the Flyers have had some moves in the past. For example, Ilya Brzgalov, hottest name on the market. He'd never played in a hockey market where the fans and there's pressure in Arizona. That's not one of those markets. He comes here. I think, I don't think anybody would say that that wasn't a bust. 
And who did they end up getting rid of? Sergei Bobrovsky, who won how many Vezina trophies since then? Um, so, you know, you, these things can be overthought and you could be weakening a position at the expense of a name. And I think the Flyers should be wary of that. So I'm going to say Cam York is an untouchable for me, despite the small sample size. And that small sample size, I think he gave you some, some things to be very excited about. A hundred percent. And Joe, I agree with you so much. I actually had Cam York at number three as well for a lot of the reasons you said. And I think the organization is going to look at him as an untouchable in many ways because he was their first draft pick of this regime. Cam York was their first ever draft pick under Chuck Fletcher and Brent Flair. So that you know they really like him. You know the staff really likes him. And there's a great reason to like him. And what, what do you know? He plays defenseman um, where the team really thinks it needs help. So why subtract from that area? And, and Cam York is a, a quick riser. He, like, he's a guy that you think could help you next season. They want Cam York competing in camp for a role in their opening night lineup. Uh, he's only 20 years old. He turns 21 in January. So, and he's just done nothing but impressed so far in his rise to the Flyers. Just too much to like there. And like I said, the first ever draft pick of the organization, a guy they got over Call Caulfield, they liked him that much. I just don't think they're going to view him as a trade chip. I think if the team even asked about Cam York, I don't even know if the organization will consider it. I think Chuck Fletcher is going to be very, very, very open-minded. But I think if he hears Cam York, he's going to cringe a little bit because I just don't think they're going to be willing to give him up. Too much upside, too much promise. Um, a guy that you think can play big minutes, can play on the power play, could maybe even kill penalties in his career. He's just he's, – there's too much upside there with Cam York and a guy that the Flyers are going to like it a lot. Joe, number two, who do you have in most untouchable within the Flyers organization coming the trade route? Uh, this one has multiple layers for me um, because I think he might be one of the most attractive chips because of his contract situation, but I'm going to say Sean Couturier. And the reason I say Sean Couturier is because while he has a low number considering the type of player he is, he, and he's going into the last year of his deal, um, we don't know what the future of Claude Giroux is. Uh, he's entering the last year of his deal. And to me, I don't know if I see the next captain on this team other than Sean Couturier. So if we're, if we're to say, if we're to project that maybe Giroux isn't here after next year, uh, you, you kind of have to have the plan in place. And I think Sean Couturier might be the only guy currently on the roster that's cut out to be the captain of the team. I think he shows a lot of those captain tendencies already. Um, and I mean, obviously we've seen the production. And, and, and maybe even more so than the production, what we see is the drop-off when he has to miss games with injuries. They look like a totally different team. And when he's in the lineup, everything else seems to fall into place. And when he's out of the lineup, everything's kind of all over the place. And it's like you're trying to jam puzzle pieces that don't fit into certain spots. And I really think that Sean Couturier is the guy that brings everything together for this team right now. And potentially, as I mentioned, the, le the next captain, if Claude Giroux is in here after next season, which is unclear at this point due to his contract situation. So I'm going to say Sean Couturier is number two for me. I debated that one a ton, Joe, because I know Sean Couturier is a little older. He's not a prospect anymore, obviously. He's 28 years old. And, uh, and we do know he is such an attractive chip because he can be, a restricted, he can be an unrestricted free agent. 
uh, after next season. So the team will have a decision there. So maybe that makes them think a little bit about Sean Couturier and his future here and what he could get in return. But he is held in such high regard in this organization. It's, it's, it's impressive. Uh, everyone just loves what he does from a work ethic standpoint, from what he does on the ice. Elaine Vigneault quickly fell in love with him as a player. Uh, Ian LaPerriere, who's been in their player development since two, 2012, uh, told us uh, a couple of year, a year or so ago, uh, I believe it was last summer as the team was going into the return to play tournament, he said, Ian LaPerriere said, I, I don't love to use the word perfect or the term perfect player, but he's as close as you'll find to a perfect player. Just they look up to Sean Vittori and what he does um, in all in all regards. And like you said, Joe, the, the the impact he will have on the Flyers and their and their youngsters too. He, he just impacts the team in all ways, tangibly, intangibly. Um, but I didn't have him on here because I'm going to go with another younger piece, Joe. Uh, I want to go with Joel Faraby. I'm going to say Faraby just because I think there, there's so much there already. And I just don't know if they could really part ways with a 21-year-old winger who scores goals, makes plays, has a flyer way to him in the way that he works, in the way that he wants to get better, in his maturity. Um, I just don't think they're going to want to part ways with Joel Farabee, just given the season that he just had. Uh, he's still on his entry-level contract. Um, again, just so much to like there, so much upside. I just don't think you're getting better now if you're trading Joel Farabee. I know he teams are going to love that kid. I really do. But to me, he's number two on my list. Uh, Sean Couturier did not make my list, uh, although I strongly debated that because of all that you mentioned, Joe, and what he does for the organization and how he could really be the next captain. And I think Sean Couturier is really only getting better. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that's going to be a really effective player for years to come because of how hard he works and also because of the style in which he plays. Like, he's not going to lose his 200-foot grit, his uh, – his, face off uh, nastiness. He's not going to lose any of that. Um, he's not going to slow down in that regard. So I think he's going to get better, but I didn't have him on there just because of what he could maybe get the flyers um, and what teams teams know about him. Now they know how he's a guy that would make a team better right from the start. And uh, just given his contract situation, he's going to have a payday coming up. So maybe the flyers could think about that uh, moving forward, that he is going to have a payday and they are in a flat cap era. So uh, Joel Farabee is my number two, Joe. Uh, how about you, number one? I think we have the same number one here. I'm just going to go out on the limb. I'm going to say Carter Hart's number one. Uh, might, might sound obvious, but my entire childhood growing up, it was about the Flyers goaltending. Um, I'm, I'm too young to really remember the hype surrounding Pelly Lindbergh when he was with this team. But what I'm not too young to remember is goals going in from the blue line by Claude Lemieux in 96 with Ron Hextall in that. And Ron Hextall is a great player, an all-time player in this franchise's history. But since Ron Hextall, I feel like the, the Flyers have been chasing their tail for 20-plus years after one position. Um, they've had some – some sort of successes guys that break. I mean, Robert Esch had a little bit of a good time here. Um, you had uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, obviously who turned into a great player, most of which was after he left the flyers, but we mentioned the Ilya Brzgalov 
which I, I think is, is Ilya Brzezgalov's situation tells you all you need to know about this, his, this franchise's history with that position. And I just can't see starting that over again by moving on from a kid because he had one season that was down. Um, and let's be real, it was a COVID season. I mean, let's say the St. Louis Blues gave up on Jordan Bennington. Now, he won a cup in his first year. But let's say they gave up on him in the bubble when he was brutal in the bubble. They didn't. And then they were a playoff team again this year. Bennington was their starting goalie. It's a position that takes time. It really is. Um, and I don't think you can start a hunt over again for that position. So I'm going to say, hands down, he is number one for me. Um, because you just, there's, there's not that many out there. We've talked about it on this podcast before. Um, how many great goaltenders are in the NHL right now? I think we would say Andre Vasilevsky is a great goaltender, but let's just look at the final, let's look at the final four teams and who the goalies are. You have Marc-Andre Fleury, who is a great playoff goaltender. I don't know that anyone would say he's great overall. He's an all-time playoff goaltender. Not sure that his entire resume would say that he's great. Carey Price, great goaltender, absolutely great goaltender. Not sure, he, not sure he's ever played on a team that actually deserved him to be their goaltender. Um, and then when you look at the, we, we've mentioned Andre Vasilevsky is, you know, perhaps and arguably the best goaltender in the NHL. And then we have the Islanders who have Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin, who we saw Sorokin play amazing games against the Flyers this year. But much of their season, they were back and forth between two goaltenders. And these are the final four teams that are left. So I think it just shows you that goaltending is not a, uh, there's not a plethora of goaltending to go out there and get and play around with that position. So to me, Carter Hart is the number one untouchable because you need, you need to develop a guy. They have to develop a goaltender and you can't, you, you just can't give up on them. And I don't see that. I think the Flyers view Carter Hart the same way I just, they, they would almost laugh at, a, at anything like that. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Yep, Joe, uh, your hunch was correct. We do share the number one for untouchable Carter Hart for me as well. uh, For a lot of the reasons you just said. And I just think if they somehow 
actually traded Carter Hart, uh, they would set themselves back so far from an organizational standpoint, um, it wouldn't even be funny. Uh, you just – we hear so many people say goaltending in uh, the NHL is one of the toughest positions in sports, and it truly is, and it's such a vital position. And the Flyers finally have a young kid uh, with so much promise, um, a kid that's already arrived. He's already had NHL success at a really good level, um, high level of success. And, uh, yeah, he had a tough pandemic-impacted season. Um, I would not put a whole lot of weight into that right now. Uh, Carter Hart is the future. And they, again, they, they would set themselves back um, to a high degree, to a scary degree, if they somehow thought about trading Carter Hart or, or actually traded Carter Hart. Um, I believe he is the number one untouchable in the organization because of the position in which he plays. And it's why you don't see a lot of young goalies have immediate success um, or not experience hiccups. It's a, it's just a, such a position filled with pressure. And we know the pressure that it brings in this city in Philadelphia, uh, Carter Hart cannot be traded. Uh, he is the future here. And you just don't find many goalies, like you said, Joe, on the market where you would actually think of trading Carter Hart. You just don't find like, it's tough to really develop them. It's tough to find them in the draft. They don't come along very often. And uh, it's tough to go out and grab them. Uh, because teams value their goalies so highly. So even if you try to make a trade for a goalie, uh, you would have to give up a ton. So Carter Hart, for me, the number one untouchable as well. So, Joe, we share that right there. And uh, I think a lot of people are anticipating Carter Hart to bounce back next season and be a crucial, crucial piece to the team and their hopes at getting back into the playoffs. And just to follow up on that, Jordan, I, I had mentioned, you know, about Ron Hextall, and I, I misspoke on the years. It was 95, the okay. club uh, Lemieux goal from the blue line um, that that really ruined the Flyers hopes at a, a potential Stanley Cup Stanley Cup during the Eric Lindros era here um, but back then that was a devil team where you needed a goalie to give up two or less goals that's not really the way the NHL is now of course that was a Lou Lamorello team much like the Islanders but this Islander team, I think they get this reputation of a Lou Lamorello team that they don't score. Yeah. And, but they do score. If you look at how many goals they're averaging in the playoffs, they have up and down their lineup, they have goal scoring. They don't have a star aside from Matthew Barzell, but they score goals. So it's, very, it's a very different position, goaltending, as, than it was in the 90s. Because in the 90s, you had to match wits with a guy like Mark Tambrodeur, who wasn't going to give up three goals in a game. He would give up two, one, or zero. I don't think you have much of that. Yes, Marc-Andre Fleury is a very good playoff goaltender. He has a lot of shutouts in the playoffs. But that's not the norm in the NHL. So it's a little different to me. Um, it's a little different of a position because, you know, just in watching the Lightning last round, there was a game where Andre Vasilevsky allowed three goals and he was the best player on the ice. In the 90s, I don't think he could have said that because if the goalie was the best player, they had a shutout or they gave up one goal. I don't think that's the way hockey's played anymore. Um, there's less hitting. There's more goal scoring. And you have a better chance to – you don't need to shut the other team out to win, to win series. You need to score and get – I don't want to just say competent because I think that short changes the position. You need good goaltending. You don't need – a guy to go out there and put up a zero every single night. Although 
the argument against that would be the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> because I think they're where they are right now because of their goaltending. But that's a rarity. I, I don't generally it's not goaltending that carries a team uh, this day and age in the league. No. And how often do you hear hockey head coaches or players say after a game, um, our goalie gave us a chance? And when they say that, it's typically, you know, their goalie maybe gave up two goals, maybe gave up three or had a really good first period or a really great third period to kind of shut the door. Um, yeah, you just don't see goalies needing to, to blank teams night in and night out. Just got to give them a chance, be solid, make the timely saves, uh, keep the game maybe in the twos or threes, and, and teams will take that. So uh, Carter Hart, as we know, very important to the Flyers. He's the guy I think uh, the Flyers have visions to be, you know, a Henrik Lundqvist type or a Tuka Rest type, a guy that's, going to be with your organization for a decade and really maybe his idol Carrie price as we mentioned Carrie price a great example a guy that you think is going to span a decade and be that guy for you um i mean he, he carter hart came into the league at 20 years old and experienced some really good success his very next season um he's putting up great numbers in the playoffs and uh and looking like the franchise uh goalie and he still is viewed like that um so yeah I, I, I think he has to be your number number one untouchable. I would I would be very surprised if anyone would even argue us uh, there, Joe. I think Carter Hart is your number one untouchable. But, Joe, good time to get into our cold brew check presented by Duncan, and we're going to tie it back to the man, Dougie Hamilton, that a lot of people are talking about, especially now that the Hurricanes have been eliminated from the playoffs. Joe, our cold brew check presented by Duncan, I posed a question to you. How disappointed would you be if the Flyers didn't get Dougie Hamilton? I know some fans out there, I think, are literally tying their their offseason hopes to that man. Um, but there are other defensemen out there. There are other ways to get better. So I want to ask you, how disappointed would you be if the Flyers didn't get Dougie Hamilton? Well, my, uh, my answer is going to come with a caveat. I wouldn't be disappointed if okay. they were to trade for Seth Jones. Okay. Or, you know, there's not really another guy out there that's equal to those two guys in my mind. So my caveat is if you're able to find a way to trade for Seth Jones, then no, I wouldn't be disappointed. But if you're, if you're asking me if I'd be disappointed if they didn't get either of those guys and you did some patchwork with a guy like Goligoski that we mentioned or, or um, uh, you know, a few other guys that are out there, yeah, I would be disappointed. Because to me, you're, you're going out there and you're replacing maybe a guy like Justin Braun with a guy who – is marginally better. And I don't really think this team needs more than marginally better uh, on the blue line. They just do. It's flat out. It's not really an argument. They, you look at how many goals they gave up last year. They need to make major moves in this area. So I wouldn't be disappointed if they found a way to get Seth Jones. If they don't find a way to get either of them, I would say, yes, I'd be disappointed. Very fair. And I like Dougie Hamilton a lot. He's one of my favorite defensemen on the market uh, for obvious reasons. He's probably the def top defenseman on the free agent market this offseason. And I think if I was a Flyers fan, I would be thrilled if the team got Dougie Hamilton. And I also think Chuck Fletcher would suddenly be put up on a pedestal if that team somehow landed Dougie Hamilton all this offseason. I think it would very much erase the disappointment uh, from his previous offseason and from this, this previous season. Uh, I think Chuck Fletcher would and very be would be held in very high regard among the fan base if he was to land Dougie Hamilton. But I don't think 
the offseason needs to bank solely on whether the team gets him or not. I do like Seth Jones. I do think there are other defensemen out there. I do think there are other ways to get better. Say they went out and got a mid-tier defenseman on the market, um, but then went out and got a very good center or winger. I would be. I think that would be a good way to get better. Um, I think they can get better in their forward groups. I don't think that's as high um, in demand for the Flyers. I do think a top pair defenseman would be ideal, and I do think that's where they severely lacked last season, specifically after losing Matt Niskanen and not filling that void. But if they went out and got a Jamie Alexiak or someone of his regard, uh, and and it was very smart and prudent financially, and then got better also within their forward groups, I, I'd be happy there. Because um, I don't think they're just a defenseman away. Um, if they got a Dougie Hamilton, maybe they could really say, hey, we got a ton better. But I do think they can maybe really help their goal prevention efforts and their penalty kill if they got a, a mid-tier defenseman and a really good forward. Um, so, no, I will not be sorely disappointed um, if they don't get Dougie Hamilton. I just won't. If they get him, I think uh, people will be partying in the Delaware Valley, and for good reason. I think that would be very exciting, and I would probably commend Chuck Fletcher for doing it. But I will not be overly, overly, overly disappointed if they don't get Dougie Hamilton. Uh, because let's let's be honest, uh, just about every team will probably take a Dougie Hamilton, and just about every team will probably be very interested in his services if he eventually does go to unrestricted free agency. He's uh, he is the player he is for a reason. So uh, it's it's almost just like last off season with Alex Petrangelo. You know yeah. that was the name everybody wanted. Alex Petrangelo. You can't look at this in a vacuum. You have to look at it by the money he's going to command, the surgery on the salary cap you'd have to do. And the other teams that are going to be involved. I mean, you know, like look at, so Petrangelo goes to Vegas and he's in the, well, what would equate to the conference finals on an, on a normal year. So, you know, uh, it, it, it can't be looked at in a vacuum. The Flyers aren't going to be the only, guys in, the only team interested in any of these guys. So that, that's definitely a factor here. A hundred percent. And, if you even look at Chuck Fletcher's first all season, they didn't get any of the big names out there that people were kind of gushing over. Um, I believe Panarin, I remember correctly, was. was on the market, and he obviously got that massive deal in New York, and fans were kind of uh, – Flyers fans were definitely sort of infatuated with that player. They got better by adding a lot of key additions that um, kind of added up to serious progress. Kevin Hayes, Tyler Pitlick, Justin Braun, Matt Niskanen, they did it all via trade route. And it made them substantially better. Uh, they were one of the better teams going down the stretch uh, for, for stretches of months. Um, they were one of the top NHL teams before the, before the pandemic shortened that regular season and then created the return to play tournament. So I, would not be, I wouldn't be mad if the Flyers get better that way. Um, it doesn't have to be one name. If it is, uh, they will be better. They will be better if they get a Dougie Hamilton. That would be very exciting. But I'm not going to hitch my wagon to Dougie Hamilton. I think it's okay if the team gets better. Uh, in other avenues, uh, they will have to be creative and they will have to make multiple moves to get better. Um, I'm not saying it's real easy to do that, but yeah, I don't think it has to be solely tied to Dougie Hamilton, but that was our cold brew check presented by Duncan this season. Be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. Well, Joe, this was fun. We're going to continue to have more all season talk as the playoffs get closer to wrapping up as we get closer to the Stanley cup final and as we get closer to all those important July dates uh, with the NHL entry draft, the expansion draft, and, of course, free agency, which opens on July 28th, I'm sure there will be plenty of buzz and we'll be talking about it all. 
But Joe Fordyce, thank you so much as always. Great chatting with you. Ben Berry, a special thank you to our podcast producer as well. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Rally. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you.